Welcome to the Gutch Church Podcast. My name is Kennedy Shear, and thanks so much for joining us. Today, we have a great word from my dad, Pastor Bill Shear. If this ministry has changed your life, will you let us know? Send us an email to story at gutschurch.com. Who you associate with impacts your discernment. You know, I've, I've said this a lot, that Sandy operates in the nine spiritual gifts. One of them is discerning a spirit. Sandy operates in that. Okay? And it has been invaluable in leading this church. And, you know, a lot of times I see it on the tail end. I see it in retrospect. Oh, that's what that was. Oh, okay. And, but listen, the, the more we do this, it goes from information to knowledge to understanding, to wisdom, to strategy. See, that's how that builds. So now, a part of the strategy of the church is based upon the wisdom that we operate in now from right at 30 years of being Guts Church. See, it started, it was just, man, we just want to get as much information as we could get so that we can operate in the knowledge that we, that where we know this through and through, that we know what we're doing, we know what we're talking about. And then that, that knowledge turns into understanding and now it's like, oh my gosh. And then, and, and then we could make plans and then there's wisdom and that wisdom is the principal thing, but the wisdom now is how we build a strategy that's long-term, that affects generations. That's where we are right now. But see, who you associate with is going to determine that discernment and how you differentiate the truth from a lie. How many of you guys are raising kids? Okay, you want them to be able to know what a lie is and what the truth is, right? And let me tell you, that's like the biggest thing you can do as a parent is just sitting down and spending time with your son and your daughter and talking to them about how they're, how they're perceiving things and what they're picking up on and the things they've heard and the, thing, the, the trends that they're buying into, where it's like, wait a second, that's based upon a lie. And listen, a lie is anything subject to change. The truth never changes. Facts subject, are subject to change. So, so much of the world's based upon facts. Science is based upon facts. Science used to be based upon facts to lead you to the truth of who God is. Now, it's almost how, how, to, how to get away from God, the facts of, the, of science. See, so we've got to look at it now and understand, wait a second, facts change, the truth never does. Your perception of truth is affected by who or what speaks into your life. I'm hoping this service today is going to affect your perception of truth. You know, there's, there's people that'll get up, you're not, you're not at a church I personally believe this is incredibly sloppy for preachers to get up and say, well, God's in control. God's in control. And you know, I don't want, because that'd be mean of me, and you know, I, I'm, I try to resist being mean when I'm on this platform, but, but if I said, how many guys believe God's in control? I believe a number of you'd raise your hands because that's what you've heard. And it's been predominant. And here's what I want to ask you, of what? Is God in control of the Ukraine? Is God in control of China? Is God in control of North Korea? Is God in control in control of politics in America? Is God in control of the economy? Is God in, in control of the health system? Is God in control of public education? Where is God in control? See, so I think it's sloppy for people to get up and say, well, you know, God's in control. 
It's like, really? Show me in the Word. See, here's what I believe. I believe that God has taken his control and delegated to his children. So now what we have, not only do we have control of our lives, but what comes with that are two things, accountability and responsibility. Do you want to be, do you understand you're responsible for your health? I, here, I'll take respons- my, my responsibility right now. Will you guys, will you, will you guys just submit to this responsibility right now? The virus is over. COVID has no more dominion in this church in the name of Jesus. Yeah. See, that's how we do it. And then it's like, well, what, what's going to happen? No, the, let me tell you, the Bible says that there's arrows by day and terrors by night. That's how it's always going to happen. It's like, well, man, they're firing arrows at me and they're fiery darts. And it's like, yeah, I get it. Jesus said, in this world, you'll have tribulation. Be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. But there's still going to be tribulation. Everything you see and everything you hear is going to mold your perception of life. Man, you parents, be careful what you discuss in front of your kids. Be careful how you discuss me in front of your kids. Leadership at their school. Leadership in this country. See, we've got to be careful because we're molding their perception. See, understand, kids aren't born with problem-solving abilities. How many of you guys have raised kids? Well, it's like, you buy them an ice cream. Somebody wants to say, hey, can I have a lick of that? And they jerk it away and say, no, and the ice cream falls out. <laughs> it's like, no, you could have solved that problem. Just share a little bit. But see, understand that kids, so what do we want to develop in them? That problem-solving ability. Man, here, we got to be able to do the math. we got to be able to connect the dots. Because they've got to learn, younger now than ever, that the math's got to work. The dots have to be connected. Proverbs 4.20 says, my son, give attention to my words. It's like, okay, I can do that. But, but listen to this, incline your ears to my sayings. See, incline your ear means be deliberate how you position, listen, not yourself for what you hear, but how you position what you hear. See, the, the Bible talks about being, being tossed about by every wind of doctrine. See, a wind, Jesus said, look, you're trying to figure this out spiritually. You don't even know where the wind comes from. See, a wind of doctrine is a teaching with no basis. Where did that doctrine, where did that, a wind of doctrine, where did it come from? See, like right here, this doctrine is based upon God's word. It's based upon God's promise. It's almost like, hey, God's in control. Where did that doctrine come from? Man, if something like that, I better know that I know that I, are you guys with me on that? I'd be able to back, I better be able to back it up for 45 minutes in God's word. If it's going to be that solid. But see, we understand God's given us control of our marriages. God's given me control of my health. God's given me control of my mind. The Bible says bring every thought into the captivity of Christ. That's how I control how I think. 
Otherwise, my wine, I, I, it's, it's like right now, the world's so chaotic, the world's going crazy, and you'll hear that in pulpits all over the place. And you know what I hear? I can do crazy. <laughs> let's go, let's, you want to go crazy, let's go crazy. See, and I'm going to show you what crazy looks like in the Word today. Proverbs 4.21, don't let them depart from your eyes. Don't let God's Word depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Your heart here is a combination of your soul and your spirit. So now, how you think and what's born of God comes into one being, and you keep your heart, how? By saturating your life with God's Word. It becomes second nature to trust God when we're saturated and immersed and infused in God's promises. See, I'm not taking God's promise and putting it in my life. I'm putting my life in God's promise. See, I'm giving, I'm giving myself no way out. See, that's what submission is to me. I'm submitted to God. That means I've entered a room with no exits. I'm submitted to Sandy. I've entered a room with no exits. See, that's what covenant is. Covenant sets submission. And we, we, we have to, it starts with obedience, and then, and then we submit where we relinquish our rights and we take on what the word purports for our lives. And then, and then, listen, we sacrifice everything that creates a lid or a limit in our lives. See, the sacrifice that we make for the kingdom is just sacrificing what limits us. Do you understand? God gave Jesus so that we could have access to his throne. But he didn't stop there. He sent his Holy Spirit. Think about that. The Spirit of God lives in us so that unlimited agent from heaven, a part of the Godhead is in me now. So what does God want me to sacrifice? Everything that's going to limit that power and that authority that God's given me in his Holy Spirit. Proverbs 4.22 says, for their life to those who find. God's word is life to those who find them. Well, I don't have this in my life. You got to go find it. And health to all their flesh. Okay, I'm going to do the A side of that verse. You do the B side of that verse. Okay? They are life to those who find them. Let's do it again. They're life to those who find them. See, this is the truth. So now when they start talking variants or they start talking about a, a, another thing that's coming down the road or whatever else, it's like, wait a second. Hold it. God's word is life to those who find and health to all their flesh. Well, they're, they're just politicizing and monetizing. Do you think they just started with this virus? No, you know what? They want to politicize and monetize the gospel. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. Put away, again, there's two sides to this verse. Part, part one, the A side is, put away a deceitful mouth and put perverse lips far from you. That's, that's people in, around you and you yourself. Man, do you have people in your life that have deceitful mouths? Do you have people in your life that have perverse, perverted lips. The Bible says, let no corrupt communication come from your lips. Do you know what corrupt communication is literally translated? Sexual talk. 
I mean, that, a part of the covenant standing I have is, man, there's no sexual talk with us or around us. See, we have to understand that. My responsibility is to be where God's word is declared. That's why you're here. I get that we're a tribe. I get that we're a community. I get that you're hoping I become a better public speaker. I get all that. But the number one thing, God's word, God's promise is being declared here. See, and understand this, it's not happening everywhere. This isn't normal. I don't know where you're going to go and, and hear a 64-year-old guy get up and say, God's not in control. He's giving you control. See, and understand that. Man, everything about God is delegated authority now. I walk in the very authority of God because God's delegated me that through the name of Jesus. Jesus said, all authority has been given me in heaven and earth, therefore go. And they're looking at it going, go, what are you talking about? What do you mean we go? Jesus got up and he said, look, man, look, follow me. I'm the light of the world. I'm the light of the world. I'm going to illuminate everything. And they bought into that Jesus was the light of the world. And then he flipped it on them. And you know what he said? You're the light of the world. They're like, whoa, wait a minute. Those guys didn't want that responsibility. They weren't even full of the Holy Spirit yet. They weren't even born again yet. In Nehemiah, the eighth chapter in the 10th verse, it says, he, and Nehemiah said, go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions to those whom nothing is prepared. Man, we, we serve hundreds of families every Friday with groceries. There's, there's elderly people. There's, there's single mamas. There's genuinely poor people. There's lazy people. There's, there's people that are working the system people. Okay. But they, they haven't prepared. So you know what we do? We provide for them who haven't prepared. And for this day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Look at the news. Look at the media. Look at everything happening today. All it does is just dole out sorrow. And, and, and what, what does Nehemiah tell him? Look, don't sorrow. The Lord, the the. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. A lifestyle of joy isn't us living in denial. I'm telling you, it's a bubbling cauldron of hell out there. We're not in denial. These things are difficult. It's not pretending that we're winning. I'll tell you, this is a winning culture and atmosphere here. I preach winning. I preach it's God's will for you in your life. I know God's will for you. God's will is for you to win. And you'll say, what are you, what are you talking about, win? Yeah, God, if you're a football player, God's, God's called you to win. If you're a plumber, God's called you to win. If you're a husband, God's called you to win. If you're a mother, God's called you to win. God's called you, if you're retired, God's called you to win. That's God's will for us in our life. See, so, so we have to look at our lives now and understand that everything in the world is tr going to try to keep us from that truth. See, us winning is not a fact. It's the truth. Now, thanks be to God who always causes us to win. That's what the Word says. See, we face difficulty deliberately standing on 
the doctrine of faith in God only. See, I'm in control of my life because I trust God. I'm out of control of my life if I trust anybody or anything else. Nehemiah 8.11 says, so the Levites quieted all the people. The leaders in the, in the synagogue and the temple, they quieted all the people saying, be still for the day is holy. Do not be grieved. Things are grieving right now. And I'm telling you, the message of this house is don't be grieved. And all the people went their way to eat and drink to send portions and rejoice greatly because they understood the words that were declared to them. See, remember, I, was, I talked about information, then, I, then it was knowledge, then there's understanding. What does that understanding do? It produces wisdom. What does, that pro- what does that wisdom do? That wisdom produces a strategy for life now. See, there's two key points here. The first point is, the voice of leadership quieted the people from reacting to their circumstances. Your reaction, by and large, is going to be, your emotion is going to be factored into it. Your training, your education, your experiences are going to be factored into it. Okay, but so number one, you quiet yourself and don't react to your circumstance. You know what we call that? It's poise. We have to poise up. All hell's breaking loose, I'm cool. I'm going to trust God. I take this very seriously here to keep our attention on the throne of grace. Come humbly yet boldly into the throne of grace. That why? Because you, you, you find, you, you receive mercy and find grace in time of need. See, and we, so we come to the throne of grace. The, the idea of this is that the people understood what had been declared to them. So they quieted them down. Now, do you understand? See, you're raising him. You're like, okay, what did I tell you to do? Here, let's check your work. Let, let, me, let me tell you what parenting, let me tell you what parenting and pastoring is. It's comprised of the follow-up. Your responsibility is follow through. My responsibility is to follow up. You guys that are fathers, you gotta, you gotta put a demand on your kids to follow through and then you follow up. I, I, I went to Acts, the fourth chapter and the 13th verse, and this is really what started this message. I love that verse, and when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived them unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and took knowledge of them that they'd been with Jesus, okay? I love that verse. So, so now, I, I, a couple weeks ago, I started reading the whole fourth chapter, and I read it, and I read it, and I read it, so I'm going to read it today. Verse 1, now, now as they spoke to the people, the, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them. This was after... Peter and John performed a miracle on the crippled guy at the gate beautiful. Being greatly disturbed they had, that they had taught the people and preached Jesus the resurrection from the dead. They didn't just talk about Jesus being a good guy. They talked about him being crucified and, and then rising from the dead. 
And they laid hands on them, or they grabbed them, and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening, okay? They're just like, look, we can't deal with it, it's too late, but this thing's getting out of hand. But then verse 4, however, everybody say however. God threw a, a, this is where it's important for you to understand, we've got to see the church big in quality and in quantity. However, many of those who heard the word believed. And the number of men, it doesn't say the number of people, the number of men came to be about 5,000 people. So here are these leaders of the temple that are trying to quiet Peter and John, but you know what? So they took him in custody. Why? Because there were 5,000 men there who believed, who bought into what they were saying. And it came to pass on the next day that, that their rulers, elders, and scribes as well as Annas the high priest, Caiaphas, John, and Alexander, and as many as were in the family of the high priest, were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, by what power? They made, they, let me tell you, the devil is going to overplay his hand. He said, by what power or what name have you done this? And Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man by what means that he's been made well, let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ, here, get this straight, by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead by by him, this man stands here before you whole. This is the stone that was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone, which is going to be your stumbling block until you repent. Nor is there salvation by any other. See, they don't just stop at what name. They said, look, we're going to drive this point home. And they've got 5,000 men, probably 20,000 people there that are, that, are, that are listening with bated breath, thinking, oh my gosh. It's like Jesus when he went into the, the synagogue and he began to read from the scroll of, scroll of Isaiah. And they thought, dear God, who is this? We've never heard anybody speak with this kind of authority. And he was 12. Nor is there salvation by any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived them unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred amongst themselves, saying, what are we going to do to these men? For indeed, that a notable miracle had been done through them is evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem. And we, listen, and we cannot deny it. But so that it spreads no further among the people, let us severely threaten them. Does this sound like today in America? Let us severely threaten them. You know what? We're going to cancel you. We're going to take your status off of social media. Let us severely threaten them that from now on they speak to no man in this name. 
So they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, this is awesome. Whether it's right in the sight of God to listen to you more than God, you judge. For we cannot but speak the things which we've seen and heard. So when they, they had further threatened them, they kept threatening them, they let them go, finding no way to punish them. Because of the people, since they had, been glor- they had all glorified God for what had been done. Because of the amount of people, the crowd that gathered, they were a force. For the man was over 40 years old on whom the miracle of healing had been performed. And being let go, they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. So when they'd heard that, they raised their voice to God. See, understand, their companions weren't there. So they went back to their companions, back to their tribe, back to their company, and they they prayed with a loud voice in one accord, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that's in them, who by the mouth of your servant David have said, now listen to this, why did the nations rage and the people plot vain things? And the kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For, to do what, for truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants with all boldness. Now listen, grant to your servants with all boldness to speak your word. Not to respond to their accusations, but to speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God with boldness. I'm done. God wants to shake this place. God wants to shake your life. God wants to shake your home. God wants to shake your marriage. God wants to shake this place. It requires us, though, to to take a stand in the face of whatever adversity comes against us. Then they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word with boldness. Do you know what's interesting in my studies? Every time someone's filled with the Holy Spirit, their response was boldness. Every time. Jesus said, power is going to come upon you with my spirit. And you'll be witnesses of me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. See, without the adversity that came from the Sadducees and the leaders of the temple, without that, none of this happens. But because of the adversity 
What's the media selling right now? People aren't going back to church. Churches are declining in numbers. Young people aren't, are staying away from church. Young people aren't having babies anymore. See, I hear those things in bunches, those three things. And then I realize every, this, this place has baby factories. Are you, are you kidding? Who are these people not having babies? I mean, dear God, I can't keep track of it. And then I backed it out and I thought, oh, wait a minute. Young people are stayed away from church. See, that's the lie. That's the deception. That's the enemy. That's the narrative of the world. So you know what I thought? We're rebuilding everything. We're retooling everything regarding young people. We're spending over a million dollars in opening it up next week for preschool kids, for nursery kids. We didn't take an offering. We're just paying for it out of the operating capital. We're not stopping there. We're going across the street to the kids' church. You know why? Then we're going to the youth church. You know why? Because the world's lying. The world's trying to lull us to sleep. The world's trying to say, young people aren't going to go to church. Oh, really? Let's, let's make this such an amazing place. We can't keep them away. See, what I, what I see coming down the pike is there's going to be young people here every day and every night. This is going to become a destination. That's a lot of work. But you know what? That's the kind of situation where God shakes the place. I want God to shake this place. Man, if those guys, if there was one cripple that got healed and ran and jumped and praised God, it never would have happened. 5,000 people wouldn't have been attracted to that. They'd have, they'd have talked about it. But you know what? That those two guys stood up against the force of religion and government and stood their ground. Who, wait, you decide, you judge. That God wants to heal somebody and you don't like it happening? See, I'm telling you, God will give a God, God gives a boldness to people that will defy deception. Defiance to the lies. I'm telling you, I'm gonna repeat it. COVID's over here. I'm, I'm just telling you, you could agree with that or you could say, well, I, I, I'm, I'm easily judged when I make statements like this. But I'm just telling you what the Bible says to me. The Bible says, no evil shall befall me nor any plague come near where I live. A thousand will fall at your left hand and 10,000 at your right. 
But what does it say about us? Huh? We walk through. I'm asking you to take a stand of faith. I'm asking you to take a defiant, not against people, a defiant stand of faith against deception and lies. Take responsibility for your life. Be mature. Know that we want to spend money across the street and we're not taking a dadgum offering for it. So I guess it's either us or pennies from heaven. Here I am, use me, God. God's going to give you a 2020, 2023. Listen, the power to get wealth to establish his covenant. A 2023 where you've got to get rid of some money so that those elementary kids can have the time of their life. Sandy, Sandy sent me pictures of a little park setting in a place where she was last week. And I thought, you can't keep kids away from there. Might as well be here. But we take that kind of stand, God will shake this place. You know, I, uh, I close the services with a phrase that everybody's heard countless times, but today it's not just closing the service, it's marching orders. We've got to declare God's promise. Be informed. Get the knowledge. Let it become understanding. Get so much of it you understand. Let wisdom be the principal thing in your life from the understanding you have. And then the strategy God will give us to reach the world for Jesus. Marching orders. As you go, preach. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you'd like more information about the ministries of Gut Church, visit our website at gutchurch.com.